you want to really be noticed, if you really want to be seen, just be real, raw, and authentic. And that kind of goes against some of the the standard practices, right? Like, oh, if you're on this show or this uh, platform, you need to dress a certain way, talk a certain way. No, people want to know other people. And the more that they can relate to you, the more that they can understand and say, hey, this guy knows, he gets me. That builds trust. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is himself a fantastic podcaster. He is one of the world's leading experts on business productivity. He is the host of the Do Good Work podcast. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Raul Hernandez. Welcome to the show, Raul. That was an incredible intro, Nikki. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> hey, man, it's my pleasure. We're known for those intros on this show, brother. Hey, listen, man, really good to be here with you after you had me on your show. Super excited to uh, have the conversation with you again and delve into some new topics. You know, one of the things that I think is pretty cool is, is your own personal story. My listener doesn't know your story, so tell us your backstory. How'd you get to become the great Raul Hernandez? <laughs> the great. I think it all started if we wanted to really fast forward from childhood and uh, really for entrepreneurship and business was I was in community college here in San Diego and I was looking to you know do something with with my career and my life, et cetera, in that phase in life. And I saw a company down the street, uh, I say down the street, it's down the highway of a company started by students who were giving, you know, selling sunglasses, but they were giving 10% of their proceeds to people who needed a cataract surgery. And I thought that was really interesting that cool, students man. just like me were creating businesses and making an impact globally. And they did a, a fairly amount, large impact in the years that they were in business and you know transacting. And that inspired me to join a program that is only like two, like 16 kids out of the 200 some, I don't know, kids in the business school of San Diego State. And that program is like worth zero credits almost. Like it was almost like not even helpful for a GPA, but that was my college experience where I got to uh, be exposed to entrepreneurship early on, like learning how to paddleboard with a co-founder of Volcom, being able to attend events from Ralph Rubio, the CEO of Costco, or even sit at the table with the founder of Taylor Guitar. So being exposed to that you know, level of entrepreneurship mindset at an early age, kind of shaped my life to be able to understand this is a path. And from there, the tick, uh, like the creative tick never ends. So I just been creating and starting and creating and starting new businesses and failing some and keeping on going. And now we're doing what we're doing here with productive profits and helping business owners create certainty in their business. I love it, man. I love it. I think that's super fantastic. So brother, one of the things that's really cool is like myself, you're a podcaster. You know, I'm a big believer in podcasting, and I believe that one thing that's extremely cool about having a podcast is that through a podcast, you can 
basically show people your expertise and you can do it in a bit of a long form way. People who listen to podcasts usually listen to podcasts when they are working out, cleaning up around the house, going for a walk. I think it's super, super fantastic. Talk to me and talk to the audience a little bit about your experience as a podcaster, why you decided to get into podcasting, what the benefits have been for you for podcasting, and why you think maybe listeners to the show might be interested in in podcasting for themselves, if not as as a host, then definitely as a podcast guest. That's huge. And you touched on a lot of points there. So let me let me answer the first one in regards to podcasting there. I read online from a series of posts and some of the networks that I'm in on LinkedIn is that podcasting is like a new website. However, not everyone deserves and I quotes deserves air quotes a podcast. Um, I think that when you start a podcast, it has to be intentional with the end outcome in mind. If it's to promote business, to promote your thought leadership or to also be able to add value to the audience. Uh, There's a lot of different strategies that come with that. Um, We can dive into those in a second. But I decided to start a podcast simply uh, like from a nudge from a mentor of mine at the time. And I was debating, should I focus around the productive profits uh, theme and just strictly around business and the stuff that I help business owners with? Or can it be more of a legacy brand? And we decided on a legacy brand to be able to focus on the the legacy of do good work and what that means and how that can be highlighted in every aspect of life. Even if you're just doing the minute things that no one else sees behind the camera, waking up at 4 or 5 a.m., uh, getting those workouts in, getting that work done, being able to lead your team with integrity, like those small little hidden gems within everyone's lives and especially for successful entrepreneurs' lives. Uh, my goal with the podcast is to highlight that. And that's what drives me really to be able to learn from others. And I think you mentioned it uh, as well is that it's almost like a mini strategy session. You're getting on with these people who have experienced, who've done walk the walk, and you're learning from from them, from there, you're applying it into your own practice, but also adding value to your audience. And I think that's monumental. Uh, the second piece to that, oh, not only is the content great, the second is the networking that goes uh, with the podcasting. Depending on what your goals are with podcasting, there's a lot of different ways that you can uh, feed business development, networking, introductions, or getting into other podcasts. And I think that's important. And then the third tier is to be able to either create community if that's the type of business model that you have from taking private podcasts or creating community offline, uh, in person, or even in an online social community where you can get members to pay a premium to be able to get access to exclusive content. So a lot of different strategies and tactics that can be involved with podcasting. Uh, But for me, I've enjoyed a lot the networking piece, uh, the education piece, as well as growing the brand and you know, seeing the numbers go up to be able to expand the impact and send that message to more people. You know, it's so important, I think, for someone who is listening to this to really understand how powerful that can be. Listening to this show can give you a sense of, hey, if you participate in the world of podcasting, here's the benefits that are possible, right? And Raul, you outlined them brilliantly. You outlined them beautifully. So if someone wants to start a podcast, well, the first thing they got to do is they got to get super clear on what their message is, right? They can't just go willy-nilly and start a podcast and talk about nothing. You don't want to just have verbal salad when you get on the air. You want to have a very powerful, (laughs) clear, and concise message, right? And that message has to be a message that helps solve a problem that a particular group of entrepreneurs is very, not just entrepreneurs, a particular group of people, right? Because not everybody is podcasts is aimed at business people. You can have business, you can have podcasts that are aimed 
aimed at sports. You can have podcasts that are aimed for relationships, podcasts that are aimed at health and well-being, podcasts that are aimed at politics. It doesn't matter what your podcast is aimed at. What matters is that you're attempting to have a very clear niche message or niche message, as we Canadians say it, out there so that the people (laughs) that would be interested in what you have to say go, oh, yeah, I like this. This is helpful to me. And they want to listen to it. What are your comments on that? I like that a lot. I actually created um, a standard operating procedure for a community of mine, a private community, and it's following four simple steps to kind of take your thought leadership into a content strategy, and this can apply to a podcast. So I can just give it right here to your audience uh, in the open. So there's four steps that I defined in this process. If it's you're creating a podcast, if you're creating a content marketing schedule, if you're creating uh, white papers, whatever it is, the step number one will always be understanding your audience. Like who are you actually trying to help and what is their current situation, you know, physiologically, but also psychologically and what are their inner goals with that? When you start to understand the inner person that you're actually trying to talk to, you can curate content specifically for their needs, their goals, and make it trigger-based content that is urgent for them to listen to or to take action on. And you want to make sure that you have resonance. Like we have, uh, like in the marketing world, the term has to be it has to resonate with your audience. It's a very cliche term, but it's extremely important when you really do the research and understanding who you're actually talking to. And that takes time. It doesn't mean that you have to start perfectly off the bat. Anything, uh, I believe it was Zig Ziglar that says that you can start anything that's worth starting, it's worth doing poorly. And as you continue to you know, move forward to that, you can get better. But having this framework in mind to understand who's my audience, who's listening, what are they listening to, what's the most valuable content that they're actually you know, downloading, that for you gives you intel to produce more of that content. Um, then from there, the st- stage two in this process is to pretty much plot your content categories. Like what are the milestones that you want your audience to go through if you're doing education-based? Uh, for example, let's say you're teaching your audience how to create thought leadership. Well, there's probably three to five core pillars that they need to go to in order to create a thought leadership platform. What are those three to five core pillars or milestones look like? And how can you create content around each of those so that people can logically walk through these and identify, oh, I'm in step three. Let me listen to these podcasts so that I can move over to step four. And you know, step three for this entire process that we're outlining here uh, is pretty much a given, but I have to verbally state it is add value consistently. You have to continue to give, give and give. And at that point, once they trust you, then you can start making calls to action. And that's the key thing about podcasting is the more that people engage with your content, the more that people engage with your, even your voice, like it's like they have a relationship with you without you actually ever meeting. And that's powerful. And when we talk about sales, that's a trust component. And if you trust someone, you will do business with them. If you know what they're saying and understand their information, you might do business with them. But if you trust someone, you can do a deal with a bad person. So as you move forward down that, uh, if that sales funnel, if that's your goal with a podcast, adding value, creating trust. And then the final step is to gather feedback. Always be able to have measurements to be able to understand how can you best improve and continue to ask the audience. The best feedback mechanism is directly asking your users If it's a call to action at the end of the episode, ask them to email you, ask them to download something. You can start measuring that and see um, how, how is my content resonating and how can I continually improve it? I love it. I love all of that. One of the things I think that a lot of people listening to this show are thinking about is, well, should I start a podcast? Shouldn't I start a podcast? And, you know, that's something that 
we obviously believe in, you and I both believe podcasting is a good thing. And especially if you have something good to say, having a good podcast can help you get the message out there in a very uh, unique and powerful way. But there's some people who are listening to this who are going, oh, no, 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 I can't be a podcaster. I, I don't get all this tech stuff. I can't become a tech expert. I don't know if I can do this regularly. I got so much going on. And how am I going to find great guests like you? Find great guests, you know? And it's just, it's overwhelming for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying, Raul? Mm-hmm. Does, does that resonate, what I'm saying here? For a lot of people, that doesn't make sense. But what about the whole idea of teaching people how simple it is for them to take advantage of the power of podcasting to grow their business, not by necessarily starting their own podcast, but by becoming a sought-after subject matter expert who appears on podcasts. And that way, they can leverage you know, the great brand that you and I have built and other podcasters, they can leverage the trust we've built with audiences. Now, obviously, they're going to have to demonstrate that they're worthy of that. But that's a way a Mm -hmm. lot of people can be a part of the podcasting revolution, too. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's a very strategic way to approach it. Because when you're guesting on others' podcasts, you're still a speaker, but you have a very refined, I would say, a refined tune into what you're talking about and just making sure that you're able to, like, have valuable content that would support that audience and having, I mean, I have 120 episodes in the can right now. Right. And one of those is yours. Right. And the key thing with those episodes is if someone asks me, I get emails all the time. Um, you know, thankfully I'm at that point like, Hey, I want to be on your show. Hey, this person should be on your show. I always like want to identify what are they going to talk about and does this add value to my audience? So that as a podcaster is important to me because I'm not going to put trash and I've had to reject some and even delete some episodes because they were just not quality. Like where they would have lip service and then when we'd get on the show, there'd be no content. And you need to make sure if you're looking to become a guest on a podcast, how can I add value? How can I identify that podcaster's audience and what do they need? And going back to step one that we just talked about earlier, knowing your audience. And then from there, knowing the trigger points and how you can be unique within your industry because everyone can be unique. That's the key thing as well. Um, You don't have to start your own podcast to be part of it, but I definitely believe that failing to get into this is a big choice. And I highly recommend, yeah, I highly (laughs) recommend just to to get into it any way that you can. Yeah, I mean, uh, I 100% agree with you. It's a big mistake to not get involved in the podcasting world. You should be listening to podcasts. And I know both you and I listen to lots of podcasts, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to probably like seven or eight podcasts right now on a fairly regular basis. And it's also important for you to either think about starting your own podcast or if that's too overwhelming for you, be strategic, start guesting on shows. And I'll, I'll tell you something else. I was a guest on a show last November, okay? And it's a pretty big show, okay? It's called Order of Man. Ryan Mickler runs it. I got on that show, and my call to action was, get on a call with me. 43 people booked calls with me as a result of my appearance on that show. 43 people. And listen, it's not a business show, and my call to action wasn't get on a call with me so I can examine your business. It was just get on a call with me. Let's have a conversation. Bro, I made $40,000 over the next few months out of that one-hour podcast appearance. So my hourly rate for showing on that show, for being on that show, was forty grand. That's all I did. It it wasn't the best thought-out call to action. It wasn't the most strategic call to action. (laughs) Um, But it was very heartfelt. I, I, I was on that show, and I spoke from the heart. It was very emotional for me to share 
I don't even want to use the word share there. I to reveal myself in that way to people. And when I offered to get on the show, you would not believe what a response I got. Like dudes would just go, man, I can't believe you're giving me your time. Like you're a guest on the show and you're giving me your time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm giving you my time. I mean, come on, for sure. I'll give you my time. And then a whole bunch of people ended up doing business with me as a result. And because of that show, I had an event I was doing. A whole bunch of those people came to that event. The energy of having a certain number of people at that event had other people that were at that event end up buying from me my upsells. So it was beautiful. Mm. It was fantastic. You know, and I was just a guest on that show. It wasn't my show. And by the way, it was one of the favorite appearances I've ever had on anybody's show because I got on that show just wanting to reveal my story, my experience, you know, as a man and all the stuff that I'd gone through, right? I'd gone through a separation or a divorce and I went into that and I went into how, how I transcended the pain of that and how I've got a great relationship with my ex and we go on vacation now with my current lady and my kids and it's, it's all been great, but also how, how men can not find themselves in that sort of situation in the first place. For a lot of men, that resonated very powerfully. And that's the key thing too. Like you were raw, you were authentic. And that's one of the things that like, I have a good buddy who's one of the leading, like uh, thought leaders on LinkedIn. And he posted this recently as well Is that if you want to go viral, if you want to really be noticed, if you really want to be seen, just be real, raw and authentic. And that kind of goes against some of the, the standard practices, right? Like, oh, if you're on this show or this uh, platform, you need to dress a certain way, talk a certain way. No, people want to know other people. And the more that they can relate to you, the more that they can understand and say, hey, this guy knows, he gets me. That builds trust. And that's, that's a phenomenal story, man. That's really Thank cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He gets me. That's it. That's really well said. And you know what you said about know your audience that's one of the first things. Like I did a workshop called Get Booked and Get Paid, right? And mm. the whole program is how to attract more clients, uh, how to get your time back and increase your income. That's the whole deal, right? So how do you do that? Well, we, we talk about find out who is your ideal client, right? Like your ideal client, it'll be easier for you to find out who that is if you narrow your your, your niche, your niche, right? If, if you keep it nice and broad, like, let's say you're a fitness guy and you said, hey, my ideal client is anyone who wants to lose weight. That's a terrible, that's a terrible niche, right? Terrible. It's way better to say my ideal client so someone who's 35, 55 years old, married, has three kids, and has been overweight for at least 15 years. That's way better, right? And, and even better is if you said my More ideal fine. client is Sally. She's 38 with three kids. She's 22 pounds overweight, and she feels she'll never be young and sexy again. And I'm going to change that for her. Right. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's really important. That's what we were talking about earlier, getting into their psychographics. Like you, you mentioned the physiographics, like I've been overweight 15 years, but if you talk about their motivation as to why do they want to lose that weight, how does their life change? How does, for example, Sally, for the example, how does she perceive herself now and how could she perceive herself in the future? At the end of the day, that's all sales is a transference of emotion. And if you're able to understand that I can help this person and you can actually fulfill it, not just talk the talk, but fulfill it to be able to help people get from one emotional state in a status view to another emotional state in a status view and deliver on that, that promise, I mean, you'll be in business always. Because if you have that pain point, there's enough people in that total addressable market. That's a it's a good place to be in. I love it. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, I came up with some questions to help people discover their ideal client, right? Like, so I'll read a few of them off to you. I'd love to get your comments. Like question one is what is your ideal client's dreams and ambitions? What are their dreams and ambitions? What are their values? What, what matters to them? What are their biggest problems and pain points and fears? What don't they like about the current situation they're in? All right. What books, magazines, and websites do they read? And what podcasts do they listen to? I think these are all really important questions for you to know before you can really identify who your ideal client is. Uh, I love your comments on that. I really like that because one of the things, one of the questions that I ask now, like when doing small talk with people, is like, oh, how are you doing? Or what's going on? I usually ask, uh, what are you working on that's exciting? And the second question that I'm going to be starting to ask uh, as of recent was, what are some of the books you're reading right now? When you understand what people are digesting into their minds, you get to understand where they are in life and what's important to them right now. So having that in the questions that you want to ask, what books do they read, what magazines do they subscribe to, then you can start understanding how do they view themselves and what education are they going through in order to become better or if they're not, why? No, it's amazing. It's amazing. Really, really, really great questions, right? And podcast hosts like you and I, like, what are some things that are that are that are important for us, right? Like, what what are some questions you need to be asking uh, 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 of your potential guests before you decide? Yeah, I want to bring this person on. I care for only one thing, and that is experience. Um, that they have actually done what they said they've done, and sometimes it's hard to weed out. Like I've had maybe one or two in the past that I wasn't able to actually publish. Um, but I think that's the most important to me because I protect my audience. I'm very in the beginning, obviously, I would be like, oh, yeah, you got you got a message, you got a story. Let's get you on. Now I'm a bit more careful. I need to make sure that um, it resonates with the audience, I need to make sure that they are a person of, of integrity, at least to the, as much as I can tell. Right. And uh, making sure that they can deliver on whatever they're promising, because that, that to me is the most important piece, because uh, one of my core promises to the audience is that you're getting insights from people who have actually walked the walk. So if you want to learn how to do X, here's you know, like Steve, for example, and he's going to show you how to do that. I love it, man. I love it. I think it's really, really important. And, uh, you know, for me, here's a couple of things that I think that I ask for, like they absolutely what you said is very important. I'd want to know if they have some real expertise, right? And, and they're credible. And it'd be really cool if they can show that. Uh, it'd also be really cool if they have some clips of themselves on other shows or having done some live streams. So I know they know how to communicate clearly and effectively and love to know what their personality is like, right? Because if their personality doesn't mesh with mine, that doesn't really work, right? And it's also very important to me to understand, are they going to be able to like promote the interview? Do they have a bit of a following so that this can get into the hands of other people? Like to me, all those things are very important. Yeah, that's a key, that's a key component as well, like the, the back end strategy. And like for if, if everyone listening right now and you're saying, hey, I want to get on podcasts, how can I demonstrate this? I mean, create a speaking page, like put clips or YouTube videos of you talking um, and give yourself a, a media kit and create a media kit with your bio, example questions, interview questions, headshots, et cetera. That's going to get you started. And having that makes you look way professional. And if you put it on your website, it's way easier than just sending it as a PDF on email. 
now. A lot of people do the PDF thing. Um, but if you put it on your website, it makes it easier for people to access, easier for people to get the information. And it also shows that you're prepared, which is a key component when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, totally, 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 totally. And um, one other thing that I think is important is for them to have a good pitch email. I think it's very important that if you're approaching another podcast host, I mean, you did a really good job of having uh, of approaching me with your team when you approached me. You had the person on your team say, hey, I've been listening to your show. They referenced a couple of episodes they listened to. They said a couple nice things that were said on the show. And they said, by the way, Raul has his own show, and he would very much like to have you on first. As soon as they said that, I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, that's cool. Let me check it out. Yeah, I'm in. Like that was an automatic yes. A lot of other people send pitch emails and their pitch emails suck because it's all about them. This is who I am. This is how great I am. This is why you should have me on my show. And I have this brand new program that I want to I want to like spam your audience with. I'm like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are your thoughts on 100%. that? 100%. Dude, I've been preaching that since like day one. Personalization, 100%. So important. Because, you know, you need to make sure that the other person feels important. And that's the whole goal. Like, why are you in business to help others? Why would you want to get on podcasts to help others? How's that going to help your business? You can help more people. That's the whole goal. So, yeah, I mean, I can read a simple script that I've developed. Like, it's all about making sure that, hey, I want to make this that I've cared and listened to your show. Because I've had people have pitched me and then like, well, where did that topic come from? Did you even listen to the show? You need to make sure you listen to the show. Is it resonate? Does it something you want to go on? Second piece as well. How can I make overcome an objection? Make it an easy yes for that person. An easy yes in this case was, hey, you know, I got a podcast. Uh, one of my other friends would say, hey, I would do X, Y, Z for you on your behalf. And it takes him maybe five, 15 minutes to do that. But that's a huge value add to the other person. 100%. You know, I think it's great. Like, I mean, one thing I haven't thought of doing until just now when we spoke, so thanks for this conversation, Raul, is I'm going to go into the top 100 kind of business podcasts, marketing podcasts. I'm going to pick out like 20 of them. I'm going to get someone on my team. I'm going to compose a good email for them. I'm going to say, hey, uh, listen, appreciate you, appreciate your show. I would love to invite you to come be on my show and I'd love the opportunity to come be on your show. And these are the the ways in which I think you are relevant for me. And these are the ways in which I may be relevant for you. What do you say? And I, I think that would go over really, really well. And if we send that to, let's say, 150 people over the course of the next 90 days, I got a feeling we'll book like 30, 40 episodes, which would be great. Yeah, it's going to, and plus the networking too. Like when I get on shows or I connect with people, like there's so many other opportunities after the mic recording is over just to network and say, hey, how can I help you? And that's a reciprocal question. How can they help you as well? And that's the key thing that the most business is happening, obviously on the podcast, like you mentioned earlier, but also in that relationship. Because maybe that host might not be a target market, but they know others who know someone who might be a door opener for your target market. Exactly. And you know what? They might be able to get you on another show. You might be able to get them on another show. It's all really, really good stuff. People helping people. People helping people, brother. Yeah. And now the important thing is once that you've been accepted on a show, you know, it's really important that you don't blow the appearance, right? You got to do a good job on the interview. <laughs> you got to prepare. <laughs> you got to prepare. Talk about that for a bit. I think like we mentioned earlier, like having a speaking page and like if you have a media kit, having at least three 
no more than five suggested speaking topics. And these are either speeches that you've given in the past or topics that you are an expert on that highlight your work. And it does take some time with creativity and again, going back to research, like what does your audience care about? How do they resonate with information? What words should you use? What words shouldn't you use? But when you come prepared, I mean, uh, thankfully I've had, I don't know, I've done 120 episodes over the last two years, right? So that's a short amount of time. But my goal is to continue this, I don't know, to the foreseeable 10-year future. Absolutely. But uh, you get to the point where you can start riffing off subject matters where you know that you're, you have competence in and you, can res- you get results in. And you're able to have conversations just like this one. Like I, this wasn't scripted. Like these questions are off the bat. But it's amazing because I know this t- the subject. You know the subject, Nikki. And we're having a great conversation. You can do that as well when you get to a level of being comfortable with your topic, comfortable with your quote unquote stage presence. And if you haven't done like uh, in-person speaking, test that first. Uh, look up, uh, uh, record yourself, listen to yourself, and see how you perform. And understand your your pausing, your spacing, uh, removing saying ums and removing like filler words, and being able to deliver a concise message. Make sure that your audience understands the concise message and move them forward in their mind and how you're able to help them. Yeah, 100%, man. I think it's super, super important that you do that. Super important. And, you know, I've prepared uh, a couple of podcast guest tip sheets for people, right? So I tell people, hey, listen, go get yourself a professional mic and a headset if you don't have one, because a lot of people don't, right? You, you can easily purchase that on, on Amazon, right? You, you need to also tell some people uh, who are coming on your show, who are very smart, who are top thought leaders, that they need to dumb down their language. They can't be speaking like to a graduate seminar on astrophysics. They need to be speaking to the average person, like to a sixth grader. They need to keep the language simple and understandable, right? And then, mm-hmm. like you said, be raw and real. That's super, super important, right? And we also tell everybody, I mean, I do, is look, let's make sure you have a call to action. There's got to be something you want to you wanna put out there for my listener. And you said to me what your call to action was, which I'm very appreciative of because a lot of people don't have that, right? And pre-interview, right, if you're not used to being on shows, you need to just, you know, get together with the host and just very quickly go over the game plan, test your mic, you know, get a glass of water. If you got to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. You don't want to need to go to the bathroom in the middle of the show, right? <laughs> like, like that's that's not good. I've had that happen to me going, oh my God, when's this going to end? I'm going to burst, right? And, <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to warm up your voice. Like professional singers do the whole A-E-I-O-U, 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 boom. And and if you're in a, if you're in a space where there's other people, you need to be in a closed a door environment and you need to make sure the door is closed, 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 closed. All those are super important and tell lots of good stories. Stories are powerful. Facts tell, stories sell, right? That's the key thing. Well, I mean, I like that you were able to dissect some of the things in regards to before you get on the podcast because yeah, I mean, if to give the, the audience some like behind the scenes, like I have an Audio-Technica ATR2100. This is one of the best mics that I've used and it's an old mic. Like I've used brand new different yet mics. I won't name the name, but uh, this still by far beats them uh, because it just focuses on the voice right in front of me. So if there's my dog barking, you will be able to hear that. And that's helpful, especially for now with remote work. And, you know, people might not have dedicated offices like you and I have. It's, it's easy and it works. 
um, as well as always take 10 to 15 minutes every single time before I show up to a podcast. I always make sure that I prepare the day in advance. It's always this this thing that's important to me. And even just having a piece of paper, like I was on a fairly large podcast, like a brand the other, I would say two weeks ago. And this was a big one for me. So I started taking notes and making sure that I had it on a piece of paper and then I just relaxed. And then the next day I reviewed and then I went on and it was one of the best conversations because we came prepared. And that small habit, it doesn't matter if you're doing podcasting, doesn't matter if you're doing coaching call, doesn't matter if you're doing an actual sales conversation. When you come prepared, it shows. Yeah. 1,000%, brother. 1,000%. I'm really enjoying this conversation, man. You are awesome. So listen, talk a little bit about the program that you have for entrepreneurs. I think it's important for my listener to hear about that right now. Yeah. So we're doing the Productive Profits program. Typically, a lot of gurus out there are teaching that you have to sign up people for a six to eight week program. And that's great and that works. But typically what I've been finding with uh, the entrepreneurs and business owners that I help is that they can get results and certainty in their business in a short amount of time, but it's the long-term support that they're lacking that they actually need. Um, So we're developing the Productive Profits Program, which we help entrepreneurs walk through the Productive Profits Protocol, getting clarity, creating certainty in their business, setting up those organizational structures and core operations to make sure that things happen, things don't fall between the cracks, entrepreneurs get out of the day-to-day, their team is thriving, and they get the leadership principles to be able to drive growth and success. And for that program, like we're releasing that this month as we get that up and rolling, but you can get the core operations worksheet and training where I walk through how to identify the key habits your business needs and that drive the business forward and how to show your team how they can actually influence, positively influence those performance metrics in your company and setting aggressive goals and being able to perfect the most important pieces in your company today. It's a, I think it's a 17 minute training and worksheet. You can get it for free at dogoodwork.io forward slash essentials. And I got to tell you, Nikki, I've had companies and teams pay me upwards of $15,000 for this type of information. So I'm giving it to your audience for free because that's how much I believe in the message and being able to help entrepreneurs create certainty in their business. Creating certainty is very important. I appreciate you doing that. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes at the website and also on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and everywhere else we have the podcast go up because it's so important, so important for a business owner to have certainty in what they do because your customer buys from you when you convey certainty. Part of what your customer is buying from you is they're buying certainty from you. They're feeling uncertain. They need you to feel certain. So it's very important that they have certainty. So I commend you for doing that. I think this is amazing. Raul, we're going to do this again, man. Like, honestly, we should do we should do something like this. I'm going to be doing a, a podcast guesting event. Be cool if you'd be uh, one of our hosts, uh, podcast hosts over there offering feedback. I did that last week. We had three of us there. I'd like to have five or six at a, at a future one if you're up for doing something like that and riffing with some folks and you'll have a chance to network with some people. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Awesome, man. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. I think that'll be great. So listener, make sure that you go to the show notes. You take advantage of what Raul is sharing with you. I mean, it's awesome stuff. He's offering you for free for crying out loud. Just take advantage of it. Rock and roll. Go make it happen. And here's the other thing, listener. Do us a favor. If you've enjoyed this conversation, if you thought Raul's a cool guy, Nikki, you know what? You're doing some good work. You're bringing some good people on. 
Could you share the podcast with a few people? This is how we get the message out. This is how we get to get more people become part of the movement to really reclaim the power of the free enterprise system and allow you to live life as the best version of yourself and make the money you should be making. Just share this with a few people. And if you want to like do one better, if you want to make me super happy, and not that you should want to make me super happy, but I'm just saying if you do, you know, go on iTunes, leave us a review. Just leave us a review, leave us a rating, you know, and like, if you enjoyed what we talked about, share on social media, maybe, you know, just say, Hey, I just listened to Nikki and Raul, man, they had some really good concepts, really good ideas. I think it'd be fantastic if you could do that for us. We don't charge for the podcast. We don't have any sponsors. All that we ask is that you help us get the word out, get the message out, and help people. And listen, you know we have a ton of great resources on our website, ecircleacademy.com. You can watch a free webinar masterclass. We've got a free report on how to grow your uh, your business as a thought leader. And we even offer a 45-minute success call, right? That's like a strategy call, but I, I I don't like the name strategy call. Everybody uses that name. So I called it a success call. So just, these are all these free resources. If you want them, if, if they resonate for you, take advantage of them. But at the very least, go check out Raul's stuff and make sure that you leave a rating, leave a review and share this with a few people. Okay. Raul brother, thank you so much for being on the show. God bless you, man. You were awesome. Let's do good work, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Oh, brother. It's my pleasure. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's legendary guest, the one and only Raul Hernandez of the Do Good Work podcast, go to the show notes of the thoughtleaderrevolution.com website or go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and any and all podcast platforms where you may be listening to this show. It's all in there. Take advantage of it. Leave a rating, leave a review, share it with a few friends. And until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. 